Welcome to the We Build Leaders podcast, where we are committed to equip, develop, and resource pastors and local church leaders. My name's Darren, and I'm your host today. I am joined by a wonderful group of people, as you guys can see. Um, I'm going to give them a chance to introduce themselves right now. Um, and so why don't you, we go around and maybe start with you, Pastor Abby. Go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us um, where you currently serve and your role here in the district. All right. Well, I am Abby Sterling, and I currently serve as the lead pastor at New Hope Community Church in Santa Cruz, and I'm also the presbyter for the Coast County section. Yeah, great. My name is Abe Daniel. I serve as the senior pastor of Trinity Life Center in Sacramento, and I'm also serving as a part of the executive presbytery. My name is Scott Tuttle. I serve as pastor of Sanctuary Church in Vacaville, and I serve as presbyter of Lake Berryessa. Andrew Hewson, and I am at River City Church in Elk Grove as the lead pastor and serve as executive presbyter for North and South Capitol sections. Awesome. Well, guys, we're so glad to have you all here today. Um, you know, for those joining us, you might be wondering, how did this group of people get together right here? Um, and so uh, it all started. I guess how funny stories start, I guess, right? But it all started at one point, you guys were all serving together in youth ministry here in this building at the District Resource Center. Um, and now all senior pastors serving on our presbytery. Um, you know, maybe just as we start, um, do you guys have any, uh, maybe just going back to that beginning time, tell us how you guys got engaged in, you know, ministry here um, and how you guys all kind of got connected as a group. I know it mostly started with Pastor Abe, I think. So nope. actually, oh, Abby, Abby gets started. started okay, <laughs> we'll let Abby go. Oh Lord. <laughs> well, I actually started as an admin for Pastor Red Allen, and um, back in 2001, and so he was the district youth director at the time, and then he uh, took a position at Bethel to be the senior pastor there. So my new boss was Abe Daniel, and I have to say that activities director Abe at the summer camp is a lot different than DYD Abe at the office. So that transition was interesting. Yes. <laughs> in my defense, there's a difference in liability. <laughs> yeah. Yes. When you are an activities director yes. for a summer camp and now district superintendent Allen says, hey, will you make camps fun? And then you become the guy. You do not want things no, to be fun. No. You want it to be safe. <laughs> yeah. And so that's, yeah. So yeah. 2005, I was invited to serve as a district youth director, served for seven and a half years, and had the privilege of partnering with Abby. And then um, she left for Seaside, and then Andrew came, and then Scott after that. Yeah. So how did you get involved in all of it, Scott? Um, so 2009, uh, I was youth pastoring in Morgan Hill, and I actually remember the Tuesday night, I get a phone call from Abe, and he goes, this is probably going to be a different conversation that you normally have, which you instantly start going, okay, well, what, what's about to happen here? And um, he said he wanted to interview me for an opportunity to do the admin and event director here for the office. And so we drove around Tahoe for, I don't know, five hours. hours, five hours. Yeah. My interview was in a car from Sacramento to, uh, I think, Reno. Yeah. And nice. uh, Reno driving. Yeah. yeah. And so I figured if he could stand that time in a vehicle, we would we could do well. Yeah, yeah he yeah. might last. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So ended up here for four and a half years. Yeah. Cool. 
I was part of that interview, and because Scott was in the front oh, seat, they Lord. put me in the back seat. <laughs> oh my word! And then they fed me pizza. That and that didn't awful. go well as we went through all those windy oh my roads. Goodness, you <laughs> yeah. Did you throw up? Oh yeah, I threw up like several. I threw times. up because you're crazy it's driver. The worst interview and in pizza. The world. It was a so 2008. Oh my goodness, um, survived that. <laughs> 2008, Pastor Abe had a, a vision to start Pathway Apprenticeship here at the district office, training youth pastors, placing them in churches. And I was also feeling transition in my own heart. Um, I was a youth pastor at the time. And so I was having a conversation with Pastor Abe about that transition. And I believe maybe the next day he called me back and said, hey, this is a dream I have. Is it something you'd want to do? My wife and I prayed about it. We felt like it was a God thing. And that transitioned us here to Sacramento in 2008 to start Pathway Apprenticeship and incredible two years of ministry and an honor to be in this building and to serve with these guys. Yeah, so cool. So that's like kind of where it began, you know, yeah. a lot of the connection with you guys here. And since then, there's been all kinds of transition, right. you know, right. And even before then, serving in different ministry capacities, but now all lead pastors of churches here within our district, also serving on our presbytery, um, you know, our highest leaders here. And so you guys have experienced in your life of ministry, um, you know, just transitional moments, right? Where you're moving from one thing to another. Also, even the change of having family, you know, I know uh, just personally your story, Pastor Abright, and um, you guys start, had your twins while you were here. Well, I mean, you guys yeah, had yeah. kids while you were serving here. And so I'm just wondering if you guys could maybe share with us, you know, we have folks, and I mean, thinking about it now, a lot of folks listening to us were probably impacted by your ministry, even while you guys were here, which I think is really cool. Um, but maybe share with us about, I guess, two things. But first, I'd love if you could maybe share about that journey of stewarding family in the midst of busyness. I mean, you guys probably know more than many that serving here in a district role can really make a full schedule and can be a really busy season of being gone and those things. So how do you manage family in the midst of those busy ministry moments? Uh, maybe you guys could share a little bit about that. Abe and I have a corner on this one when it comes yeah. to the building, for in sure. In this building especially. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. I, you know, when I came to this office, uh, we had two kids, and we came here kind of a step of faith to get this the ministry started. And, and if you'll let me just say, first of all, let me just point out the obvious. There's a pillow between us. <laughs> yeah. I love Scott Tuttle, but <laughs> yeah, yeah I distance need, is good. I just need my space right now. But um, <laughs> the step of faith yeah. was not just Andrew and Shauna saying they'll come. Yep. There was no salary. Mm. And so <clears throat> I think the best way we can describe it, I think now all these years later, is the Houston family said, I believe this is what God has called us to, and we know there is absolutely nothing that we can guarantee, mm. and I will take that step off of the edge of the cliff. Yeah, and and to, from your side of that, too, we trusted you and trusted your vision, trusted what God wanted to do here, and I think that's an important part of transition Yeah, when you're transitioning into what's happening, especially in a staff role, Yeah, that we trusted the leadership, and we trusted his his heart. For and, it. and the other side of that, that was a stewardship that scared me yeah. in the healthiest way. Yep. That, I think all of us in lead roles yeah, now have experienced yeah, that. Yeah, I feel a burden that if I'm inviting somebody to join me, that I am accepting that burden of God is the provider, but I am a vessel that gets to steward that a little right. bit differently. Yeah, so, and with that being said, which sets us up perfectly for this <laughs> line, um, 
yeah, we, we'd love to have you come. We decided to come, but just make sure you don't have any more kids. Like you can't, you can't get pregnant. <laughs> no insurance. Yeah. You can't get pregnant. There's well, no salary. There's no insurance. So yeah. Little did we know we were pregnant with our third child, oh, Elizabeth. Wow. And then I came in and told Abe, he about passed out. Yeah. Um, he, he said, uh, Sean is pregnant. And I think later on I, I smiled. I went, Oh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> And we had this odd conversation, and I'll never forget. He's walking out of my office. We were on the other side of the building today uh, from where we're at right now. And I said, oh, by the way, congratulations. <laughs> and it was this moment of, oh, dear father, how do we do this? Yeah. yeah. And then a few days later, he called me into his office. He said, hey, Anna's pregnant. I said, oh, really? Wow. With twins. twins. Yeah. <laughs> so that, in, that yeah. put in motion a crazy time in ministry for both of us of travel and our wives all having um, new babies at home yeah. and trying to balance that. It was a different, it was a different day. season. In this very building, I sat when Superintendent Allen was the district youth director. He brought in three couples, um, Mel and Sharon Johnson, who were senior retired ministers, Ken and Bobby Frazier, Brett and Valerie, who at that time had teenagers uh, in their home, and then Anna and myself, who were newlyweds at the time. And we just sat there listening. We want the topic was balancing family and ministry. And I said to Anna, don't say a word. We're not here to speak. We're here to learn. And the greatest advice that was spoke that day is the advice that we have worked hard at since then. Don't always look forward to the next season that's coming. Enjoy the season that you're in. Otherwise you'll miss today longing for yesterday in tomorrow. And it was that, it was that that has, I think, helped put some of this into context with family today. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing that we've really focused on having four kids now is our kids do ministry with us. Mm -hmm. It's not either ministry or our kids. It is all of us together in this. And, and that's been a healthy position for our yeah. family because our kids love the church because yeah. it's their church. It's not the church my dad goes away to every day and my mom goes away to. It's it's their church, and there's an ownership there. My family has had some amazing opportunities, and my wife grew up as a pastor's kid, and I'll never forget, we were at a hotel. My kids were little. They were jumping into a pool, and she stopped them, and she said, guys, I want you to know, we get to do this because of dad's job. Yeah. And it was the beginning of sowing the seeds that ministry is not a burden. It's a call, and our family is a part of that call. And yeah. from that day forward, we've been working to cultivate that as something we get to do together. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Pastor Abby, how about you? Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing that um, including, you know, our children as like we do this together, we're a team, has been vital in in um, their involvement and their their love for the church and ministry. My my ten year old son just told our kids director the other day that he wants to be a pastor when he grows up because pastors have so much fun and I think that's adorable. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hands down. Yeah, yeah, but I'm so thrilled that yeah. that's what he sees right now. That's what he yeah. sees. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. a great testimony. Yeah. yeah. Now, Scott, this is kind of a newer journey for it you is. and your wife Heather. I mean, tell us how it's been. You know, recently. <clears throat> Let's see. We're tired. Uh, definitely, <laughs> definitely tired. Um, we have started doing foster care. So for the last two months, we've went from zero to four. 
And so we have a four-year-old, an eight-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 13-year-old. Wow. Wow. And so uh, prayers are greatly appreciated all the time, nonstop. And, um, but we, it's us learning that journey. <clears throat> and I appreciate what I'm hearing because you're learning how necessary it is to, you know, consider your children as a part of what you're doing in ministry. And so our oldest already is like, she wants to come with us when I'm, I get to the church a little earlier. And so she comes and she hangs out and she helps. And it's learning how to create that environment like they're talking about where they see this as a joy. They, you know, they see this as an opportunity, you know, because I, I spent most of my ministry years single, which is its own challenge, you know. And so when I finally did get married, I think uh, quite a few people celebrated with us on that. And um, the world celebrated. Yeah. The world yeah. did yeah. celebrate. World it was, I remember. I remember well, a lot of broken hearts also all over the <laughs> world. But yeah, absolutely. And so we, uh, we're learning the journey and we're just appreciating, uh, I think, the opportunity that we have to be able to uh, really demonstrate ministry to another generation of kids. And, and for us, you know, also in the same way, providing a place for kids that, you know, have come from difficult circumstances and traumatic situations. So. Yeah. Well, as an, you know, an outsider looking in, I, you know, have had the privilege of seeing all of you with your families serving in ministry. And um, I just want to say you guys are such great examples of what that looks like. Um, you know, my wife and I, Lindsay, were, you know, some newlyweds kind of in a part of this. We don't have children yet, but it's something that we think about often, you know, is stewarding those moments. And I have seen all of you just do that so wonderfully and beautifully. Um, I, I'm a big fan of the in-between moments. Mm -hmm. I talk about those a lot, that so much life happens in between, you know, from one thing to the next. And sometimes it's just being around. And so I love seeing you guys include, you know, your families in that journey. Um, it's really encouraging to those of us, you know, seeing that, looking forward to that one day. Well, and I, you know, I'd like to point out in my time here watching these two, how they navigated family. And, you know, I'd watch Abe, you know, take off from a camp. And I'd be like, why don't you just stay overnight? He goes, I got to get home. I got to be with my family. And the priority they put on family really, you know, I watched, you know, I took heart to that watching how they took care of their families and made it a priority in ministry with all that they were doing, you know, with travel and other responsibilities. You know, that was something as I would sit in the office working and, you know, I took notice of, you know, what these guys were doing. Yeah, yeah. it's encouraging for sure. Um, and so, you know, with that, you guys have a lot of ministry experience amongst you sitting here and have definitely... I think he just called us old. <laughs> yeah, that's it's weird to hear that. <laughs> wow. It was, it was a very... I wasn't trying to, okay. but I guess that's I did. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Com uh, combined 80 years of yeah, ministry. Yeah, yeah. Combined, I have the hearing loss to go with old age. So. <laughs> but in that, I mean, in all those roles, right, you've had the different seasons of time, you know, serving in different types of ministry, moving from one ministry to another. Um, and I mean, we could probably sit here and talk about those moments, you know, for a long time today. Um, but it's a topic that I find has just kind of been stirring in my heart, keeps coming up in conversation about how do you navigate those moments of transition well? Um, and also, I, I would maybe tie into that. How do you like, how do you stay well? That's been another thing, because I think a tendency can be that when things aren't good, you start looking elsewhere, right? You, the grass is greener on the other side. You're, you know, it's hard here. I could just go over there instead. 
but all of you in your life have really surrendered and submitted to the Lord to let him be the ones who lead you, right? You don't take a step of faith into a role like you did, Andrew, with, you know, no money, no pay, um, all these moments without knowing this is what the Lord's asked us to do in this season. And so I'm wondering if you guys could share, I mean, you ha- I'm sure you have several examples in your life, but maybe about one of those seasons of transition that you've gone through from one ministry role to another, like how did that begin in you? When did you first know it was coming? How did you navigate that, steward it, um, you know, in order to kind of leave where you were with the blessing that God had for you from it to now serve in that newer position that you've stepped into? Well, I'll start because I immediately start thinking about transitioning out of the district resource center. And you guys talking about pathway, pathway. I feel like maybe I was the, the original gopher or the, the test, you know, the lab rat, if you will, because, you know, when, when Abe first came, he knew my heart. I, I love the DRC. I loved working with pastor, I love working with pastor Abe, but I didn't want to be an admin for the rest of my life. I really, really wanted to serve in the local church ministry. And so pastor Abe really partnered with me in helping, um, you know, open some doors and, and facilitate conversations and um, it was extremely helpful. So I, I feel like the support that I had was crucial to that season. And um, honestly, I felt that pull for a long time, probably a year. But it it just just nothing really clicked. It you know it just I feel like when it finally did click, when it when when the time finally came, it it was just so obvious, and you know the peace was there. Um, those obvious organic moments, like for instance, I had uh, an apartment down the street with my roommate and we were told we're going to need to sign another lease. Well, I couldn't imagine signing another six month lease because I felt like God was going to move me on. Well, I had my, uh, U-Haul packed and I was going to go move into the garage at another friend's house in Elk Grove and in the in between, you know, who, who knows what's next, but I know I can't commit to six months. And it was in the U-Haul on my way to her house when I got a call from Dave Martin saying, I'd love to talk to you about coming to Seaside. So God just provided those moments. I think I would celebrate something though. And not every pastor, especially staff pastors. I think that's where we always feel the tension. Senior pastoral ministry is very different, um, Mm. but it's as a staff member, that's where I felt the greatest tension in seasons of change. I don't know what I can say to my boss. (laughs) Right. Maybe a pastor, but they're a boss, my employer before they're my bo- uh, before they're my pastor. So I want to go have a conversation with a pastor when, in fact, I'm telling my employer I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> and that's never been the heart. Yeah. But that that yeah. to, I I will I'll confess and say as a senior pastor that's how I've received it, mm. even though that's never been the intent. And Abby and I had that conversation a year prior mm-hmm. to her shift from this building. And so when you ask the question of how do you do this well, I think if it's a safe atmosphere, have the conversation before there's a threat. Yeah. When there's nothing on the radar, it's the safest time to have that conversation with your employer, with your boss, with your senior pastor. Hey, I'm I'm sensing something and I have nothing. And it and it takes all the awkwardness out Mm -hmm. and it put Abby on my radar. I was getting phone calls on a consistent basis from senior pastors looking for a team. So when that pastor out of Seaside called, 
it just became this natural conversation. I helped negotiate salary. He sure did. I think uh, (laughs) a few of a few of those pieces, and all of it was connected to the fact that she had a conversation with me, and we had a healthy relationship. Yeah, I've watched everyone here uh, actually navigate seasons of change, and they've done it with integrity because God directed them. They were obedient to the call. Um, The hardest part for me is that the call has never changed, but assignments have. Yeah. And knowing that, I think it was the general superintendent who I heard say those words for the first time. I realized my call is identical, but my assignments underneath the umbrella of the calling have shifted. And being sensitive to that has been amazing. Well, and I I think, to what you're saying, you know, Abe created a safe environment for us to talk about our life beyond the district. And I think you even encouraged that because, you know, I would argue your greater goal was to help us to fulfill our calling, not just keep what you had because the Lord was always going to provide the next person, the next situation. And we we sat in in a conference room right uh, outside these doors. And I asked the staff that was here at that time, Andrew was at the table, uh, Scott was there. And I asked the question, five years from now, where do you see yourself? Whereas in pastoral ministry, no one had ever asked me that question as a staff pastor. The question was, five years from now, where do you see your ministry here? And if you were to answer anything except here, it had the potential of being a threat. And so we asked the question, and what was odd for me and healthy, everyone, including myself, saw us outside of this very space. And so creating the opportunity became essential. Well, I think it made transition for every all of us easier, not necessarily easy in that, because again, it was also a great environment to work in. But we knew we had the freedom to, um, there were a couple of different times I said, you know, I'm feeling the pull to pastor. And instead of feeling threatened, I remember one of them was a conversation, I think we we're going down Watt Avenue. Yeah. And I just said, I feel, I really do feel the call to pastor. Clearly, I didn't know what I was really saying at the time, you know, but um he said, okay, well, what are we going to do? And I actually did an interim position for a while. And it kind of gave me an opportunity to test the waters while working here. And it was just, again, I appreciated he wasn't threatened by the calling that God was putting on my life and creating a way to help foster it that was going to ensure that I was going to, you know, end up where God was calling. I ended up staying, I think, at the district a couple more years. Yeah. And, and then when he moved on, um, you know, not long after that, I went to Santa Cruz where... Pastor Abby is now. Yeah. And so, uh, so that's kind of, a, yeah. Yeah. Exciting. Which that's a fun it. thing. You I know, love it. Yeah. You were I there and it. yeah, that's cool. I blame everything on Scott. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Hey, I'll, take the, I'll take the blame. <laughs> I, I think uh, some important things we hit on is that, that being sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And if you're in ministry, anybody, but you're, if you're in ministry, you better know how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit yeah. in your life. And you better heed the voice of the other Holy Spirit in your life. And that's a continuous thing for all of us, even today, and was in transition times especially. With heeding the voice of the Holy Spirit, I think it's important not to burn all your bridges as you leave. Yeah. Because sometimes you're not going to actually leave until things go bad. So you know you're supposed to leave, so you're going to manufacture things going bad. And most senior pastors, a lot of senior pastors, not most, a lot of senior pastors, when they leave, um, a lot of times when you pop the hood and see why, well, there was financial issues, there was this and that, because they overstayed, because they didn't heed the voice of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then things had to implode around them in order for them to leave. And then you end up with an unhealthy exit 
And for me, I want to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And then I want to step out and what God's called me to do with integrity. And I, I really believe as pastors, we better operate in integrity because every penny that goes into that church, we're going to be accountable for. And I, and you know, our, our paychecks are that, that money. And so we better operate integrity in how we do it and, um, and step into what God wants us to do as a senior pastor. And I think this is what we're all saying here too. And we need to create environments that are healthy for our staff members, senior pastors. You need to create healthy environments. These are young, a lot of times young ministers that their future and their, the taste they have in, in their mouth for ministry is going to be dependent on the atmosphere that you create. You need to create a healthy atmosphere for them to be able to really step into new levels of, of ministry. And that's a win for you yeah. as a pastor. Yeah, it's a win really for good. you. Yeah, it's, it's a testament to Abe in many ways what we're doing, you know, in that he created that environment. And I think we then strive to do the same thing for others, you know. And so, um, you know, there really is something to be said about transitioning in a healthy way and an unhealthy way. It's It sets you up for what you're going to do in the future, you know. And like you said, I mean, it's just an integrity of doing it well instead of trying to mess, you know, force God's hand here because you're just not happy. It's like letting the Holy Spirit lead you leads to far greater opportunity and I think peace of mind as well. Yeah. And, yeah. and I would say a thank you to our superintendent too, because if you look back, what we are doing yeah. is a result, that generation shifted some things in ministry and he was a part of that yeah, and how absolutely. we view our family and how we view transitions yeah. and how we view ministry. A lot yeah. of it goes back to our superintendent. Yeah. Yeah. We have a, an incredible district superintendent here, Pastor Brett Allen and his influence is definitely here. As you guys have shared, I've heard, a few things that really stick out to me. You know, I was thinking back the first time that I knew I was coming into a season of change. I remember going and talking to my pastor at the time. Um, it was a Tuesday afternoon and I shared with him what I was kind of sensing. And he said, well, if that's how you feel, Sunday's your last day. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And completely unexpected. Like oh, that was yeah. not, I knew it was on the list of possibilities. It was the very last option of all the options. Um, and it really shook me because um, I thought that, I thought that I was, you know, was a healthier environment than I was in and find out, like you said, you know, Andrew, that there was all kinds of other stuff I wasn't aware of that were going on in that season. But um, I love what I'm hearing you guys share about creating this healthy space. And and I admire so much that you're still doing that today to assist people on those journeys that they're going on. You know, and what you said, Pastor Abe, I really enjoy um, about the call and the assignments, you know, because I've looked in my own life of those seasons of change and the different ministry assignments that I've had. And the call that God gave me so long ago was to help people fulfill the vision that God has given them. And in every ministry assignment, that's what I've had the privilege of doing. You know, whether that was as a youth pastor doing missions, now as a credentialing director here, it's a direct correlation, but there's been a common thread of ministry. I think you guys probably have experienced that. Yeah in your own lives. And I really commend you for modeling well what this journey looks like, you know, and like you said, Pastor Andrew, about, you know, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Um, I mean, it's something that I think we say so much, but it's so true. And I mean, I would encourage all of our young leaders who are listening in that that really means something. And, um, and I can say in my own life, I'm sure all you can agree with it, that when God directs, he's always going to provide. Um, even when it is absolutely crazy, you know, you've had, I, we've all had those moments. I remember the moments you shared about having the U-Haul packed 
I had one of those moments. The car was packed. I was going to sleep on a couch in L.A. with my best friend because something needed to be different. And in the driveway on my way out that day, I got the call from a senior pastor. But have any of you ever had to pack a coffee cart into your U-Haul on your way to your next you know, position? Mm. That would be the question. So I'm very proud of that moment. <laughs> hey, I'm grateful for that yeah. moment. I got to run a coffee machine for five years. There's minutes. a lot of things that are missing from the district office because of our transitions. <laughs> yes, yes. Very they're correct. all located this at different This is not churches. a confessional. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. no. So, um, you know, I, I'd love to just give you guys one more opportunity that, you know, if there's any final thoughts that you would have to anybody tuning in, you know, really from the role of being presbyters here within our district, you guys are four of the elected leaders that help to oversee the, you know, churches and ministers of this district. I'm just wondering if you guys have any other final thoughts you'd like to share with all those who are listening in today. Yeah, I think you, you mentioned having, you know, not only transitions, but staying power, right? I think there's three things that are really important for staying power that pastors have to understand. We need to really, really believe that our job is the most important job in the world. We have to really love our people and you got to be able to and willing to embrace the grind because ministry is a grind. Yeah. And if you got those things, you'll you'll have staying power. And I, I would add to that the necessity of relationship. You know, again, kind of going back to, you know, being being single as long as I was in ministry, I needed healthy relationships. You know, because, you know, it was in my season here that they really helped me to begin to deal with some things I needed to deal with on a, you know, a personal level. And so those I, I, I did a lot of personal mentoring with Scott Tuttle. <laughs> but you, you build the relationship. That so much. <laughs> that explains so much right now. And wow. So, yeah. And then, but it's just those relationships. Tell us more about relationships. Now yeah. I'm beginning to question this part of it. But <laughs> yes. No. That's awesome. But those relationships really also help you sustain because you need people to go to when things aren't easy, when the grind does get tough. It gets tough, too. Yeah, yeah and people, I would say, outside your your context of ministry, right? Like they're not on staff friends. at your church. But, yeah, you have friends outside of your employment, yeah. I, I'm just sitting here, and it's it's humbling to, to think back. I'm a product of the Assemblies of God of Northern California, Nevada. I was called into ministry because of a summer camp. My first opportunity was because the Assemblies of God said they would trust an 18-year-old kid to lead worship in, in a summer camp setting. Um, we now sit in a room. Uh, in a few minutes, we're headed into a presbyter's meeting, and it's humbling. But I realized that that's because one generation looked at another generation and said, I'm going to trust you with some opportunity. I think that's the same role that God has given us as senior pastors now. We're looking at another generation and saying, what opportunity can I create for others? What's the atmosphere I can uh, allow so that it is, in fact, a safe, a fun atmosphere for our children, for those leaders that we're serving? But I'll go back to the word stewardship. I, I want to steward this season well. Yeah. I want to make sure that um, I will cross a finish line, and I want to hear the words, well done, good and faithful. And this is that season. And I don't want to waste it. I want to be, I want to create those opportunities for others to come and receive just in the same way I have. Uh, to the senior pastors out there, to the staff that they're leading, I would challenge you, um, steward the season well. Create opportunities for your team, not just to feel safe, but to feel valued beyond the position and title they carry mm -hmm. so yeah. that there is more that they get to do in ministry that has nothing to do with you. That's a good day. Yeah. 
That's good. And I just thinking about transition and um, recognizing that uh, my last transition was not the smoothest one. Um, just uh, difficult season after difficult season after difficult season due to transition. Um, and, uh, you know, having somebody in our church that was, whose life was tragically taken, you know, those, those moments that really affect you and, um, being a minister of integrity, I think that, um, we have to be responsible for, for how we are doing. And, um, there, there just came a point where I recognized I was not okay. I wasn't reacting well. I wasn't responding well. And, um, my identity was tied up in my position. Yeah. Uh, like everything I am is what I do here at this church. And I was incredibly unhealthy. And so I just recognized that, um, that season that followed was a sabbatical, uh, six, it ended up being about six months. It was kind of like, we'll see how this goes. But, um, I needed to take that time out. I needed to recenter my life in Christ and my identity in him and not what I do. Um, not, you know, it's not performance based. It's, it's relationship with him. And so, and, and, um, I think it's, you know, if we ever find ourselves in those places, we need to also be integrous in, in keeping an account stewardship of our own heart, our own emotions, our own reactions and, and how we're doing. And God, what do I do in this moment? Is this a transition time? Is this a timeout time? And, um, for me, I just was grateful that God didn't say, this is the end of your story, that your, your, yeah. your book isn't, isn't finished. You know, now you're fired forever. <laughs> it was, it was, it was a timeout, but it, it was a preparation for, for the next step for, it ended up being a new level and being a senior pastor in a church that I love. And for my son to turn around and yeah. look at our life and say, look, they're having fun. If you would have saw our lives six years ago, wow. he wouldn't have said that. Um, so it just means the world to me that God yeah. works in that yeah. way. Yeah. So good. The, you guys are some of the finest leaders in our district, um, and I truly mean that. So it's an honor for me to get to sit here with you guys today. Um, I hope that some of the things that you all have heard uh, tuning in today have, are valuable to you. Um, these are phenomenal leaders. I would encourage you, feel free to reach out to these guys, um, connect with them. Uh, we might put their church's names on the thing so you can get connected to their churches. Um, but I, it, as we close today, um, Pastor Andrew, I'm wondering if you could just pray uh, for all those that are tuning in, all those ministry leaders that join our podcast. Yeah, absolutely. God, we just thank you for the opportunity that we've had to share with our district and beyond. I thank you for these friendships and relationships and the many opportunities that I've had because of the Assemblies of God and because of these friends. And God, we pray that we would be a district that embraces healthy transitions, um, healthy ministry, that we create healthy environments in our in our churches. And God, we do, we know we're on the front lines here in California, and we do ask you for revival in California, in our schools and in our churches and in this land. And it would spread to our nation and spread to the world. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Again, thank you guys for joining us on the We Build Leaders podcast. Um, and thanks for tuning in. We have uh, new episodes the first Friday of every month and some extra in between. So make sure you guys follow and join us on the journey. And we will see you next time.